My name is Tim Barkholtz. I work for ExxonMobil, and I'm working on technology for CO2 capture. At ExxonMobil, we're working on a range of solutions, including a new way to capture carbon at natural gas power plants. Learn more at energyfactor.com. Lift and peeved. Lift and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real one. I don't use it. Not in Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. We just want to thank you guys for coming out to our live season preview podcast last Thursday night at Anchor Down. Uh, you guys are incredible. We're just continually surprised by how great our listeners are for you guys showing up and being there and being a part of our podcast and being just a part of this journey that we're taking and that we've taken over the past five years. So we just want to let you guys know that we appreciate you. Uh, somebody made us coffee, down to dunk coffee, and it's just incredible. Uh, you guys are great. Like you guys are just fantastic. And we, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, my guest today, McKelly Barra on to talk about the preseason. I'd like to welcome Michele Barra back to the show. Michele, how's it going? It's going great. We have real basketball, sort of real basketball to yeah, discuss. Sort of real. They played Melbourne United yesterday here in Oklahoma City, uh, an early afternoon game, which are always a little weird. Uh, and they just barely beat them 86 to 85 yesterday. Uh, it was a super sloppy game by the Thunder for the most part. Uh, Josh used to save uh, the Thunder from complete embarrassment yesterday by uh, blocking two shots there at the end of the game. Uh, what did you What did you think of yesterday, McKelly? Well, first of all, I was glad to see again on a court Casper uh, Ware. Uh, yeah. Basically, play, he played for my hometown okay. team like a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. So yeah, he's. He's a fun player, really he funny. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he when he when he's going, then he, he can he can be dangerous yeah. at any level, I guess. Uh, but yeah, speaking about OKC, I mean, I thought from the first few action that they were going to destroy them, mm-hmm. but then they they immediately dropped the the level of execution uh, on both ends of, of the floor. I mean, they were very sloppy on offense, but on defense, uh, sometimes there was no communication between the help defender. Uh, like Steven Adam helped a lot, uh, the smaller guys, and like they gave up, I don't know, 10 layup, basically, with uh, no, no defense whatsoever. Yeah. So I, I think it was like a lack of physicality and lack of uh, focus on the game which is uh, again it's, it's preseason they have to uh, like learn to play together on both ends so I don't I don't put any like uh, real thought into that so I'm not worried about OKC and to be honest I mean it's uh, maybe more helpful to have this kind of situation early in the season so to be in trouble uh, because it helps to understand what everyone needs on the court uh, um, needs to do on the court in order to to win and to be consistent yeah I think that makes sense to me like the only red flag if there are any at all 
is that the rebounding on the second unit is like super weak. And Patterson will help that some, mm-hmm. um, but he's still not like a great rebounder. Uh, oh, no, no. So that's going to be an ongoing issue, uh, is that Steven Adams is basically the best rebounder on the team, and then the other guys that are any good, like Mello and Westbrook and Robertson, are all playing with the first unit as well. So you're not going to see, I don't know, they're going to have to mix and match to get the right rebounding mix on that second unit. Because when you play Grant and Houston or Grant and, you know, Anthony and stuff like that, I think you're going to, they're just going to struggle to rebound the ball. And they did against like Josh Boone, which is really weird. Yeah. And also uh, I've seen very few player uh, on the Thunder doing box outs. Yeah. So one of the few was uh, like, and it was very weird to see. It was Terrence Ferguson. Uh-huh. Um, he did it like um, a lot against um, New Orleans, um, so it's a good sign. But also last night he did it a couple of times. I think that this for a rookie is a very encouraging sign mm-hmm. because he's trying to do uh, the, the useful stuff, yep. not the shiny, great stuff. Like yes, it's nice to go in, in uh, to go and dunk or to run the fast break and so on. But if if you can focus on like the, the right stuff, like boxing out your your opponent before jumping for the rebound, uh, this is really important. I also think that one of the few uh, tweaks that Donovan can do this season is to play Robertson more with the second unit. And Robertson is a great rebounder uh, for his size and position. I know that he's not like uh, tall enough probably to compete uh, on any rebound, but I think that playing Robertson with the second unit, so sub him out of the game early, may be a, a good choice. So maybe subbing out uh, Melo and him and, um, and make like um, Abrines and Patterson come in, then you have Robertson ready to play some minute with the second unit when Steven Adams sits. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I guess this is the point where we can talk about Josh Eustis. Uh He played really well yesterday. He's a pretty weak rebounder. Um, at least he showed you yesterday that he he wasn't really boxing out and he struggled to get a rebound toward the end of the game that he really should have had. Uh, but his block instincts are just tremendous. And if you didn't see the end of yesterday's game, just go watch. I mean, on, they're on YouTube or whatever. You can go watch, you know, the last few possessions of the game. And he had two game-saving blocks that were great. And he had two blocks previous to that. Uh, his instincts are great. I feel like his shooting form is is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't hit a three yesterday. He shot two. Uh, he missed both. Uh, but he did f- fake a corner three, drive past his man for a wide-open dunk. Uh, he's He looks like a guy. And yeah, I, it is. And I just don't, I don't know that he's going to play this season. Uh, but I'll be pretty frustrated by that fact <laughs> that he won't play. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's one issue uh, to me um, about Josh's game, which is he looks really passive on offense. Yeah. So uh, this is something that is not always like a bad a bad thing because if you if you look like Kawhi, his first season he was really passive. Mm-hmm. So he was just taking the shots that the offense uh, was giving to him and nothing else. And part of of, the, of this fact is clearly uh, that he didn't play any NBA uh, minutes in his career. So I'm uh, meaning Josh. So 
some may be the fact that he needs to get used to uh, like the rhythm of an NBA game, uh, the personnel that plays in an NBA game. Uh, but part, I think, is the way he plays the game. And this can be misleading also with your coaching staff because, I mean, if you are not aggressive, you don't execute with pace, then these things are very dear to Donovan, uh, I think. So this could be part of the reason why he never had a, a real chance. But... I think that he can hit an open shot. He's a great help defender, not just in blocking, just in positioning uh, well for uh, in order to help. He can hold on against like regular NBA player, maybe not against stars. Uh, so I, I really think he's a good fit for what OKC is trying to do. Maybe even playing some minute with the starters, like because if you have like a shooter that is um, uh, above average defender and can hit an open shot, this can help the unit like way more than what's what Robertson does uh, the majority of the night because if there are no perimeter guys to guard out there, then Robertson's uh, usefulness is, is really reduced. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if Billy is going to give Josh a real chance like against like NBA competition. Yeah, I have my doubts. Like I'll, I'll just believe it when I see it with, yeah. with Josh. Um, although I do believe that he deserves a chance. Today's episode is brought to you by Andy's frozen custard. I'm still so incredibly excited about Andy's frozen custard. It's so good. If you haven't gone, go to Andy's. You can look through the window and watch them make this custard fresh hour by hour. This is fresh frozen custard. Right now you can go get their special, which is the pumpkin pie concrete I had it the other night. It's delicious. They take a actual slice of pie and they just mix it in with their fresh uh, custard and it's just absolutely delicious. Some of you guys got those free cards from me the other night at the live pod, and you're able to enjoy uh, a free concrete or Sunday. Uh, but if you didn't, you should go to Andy's anyway because it's so good. Andy's frozen custard. They have great concretes. They have really awesome Sundays. I had a banana split the other day. Uh, it's absolutely delicious. You can go to the one in Edmond. It has inside. You can go inside and they have also most of the locations are outside. So go check out Andy's frozen custard, uh, Oklahoma City, Missouri areas. Dallas has Andy, Andy's frozen custard. So go check out Andy's. It's absolutely delicious. It's the best frozen custard that you can get. Uh, I still think that Terrence Ferguson will be the quote unquote 10th man on this team. Uh, Billy is just like enamored with him and just gushes mm-hmm. about him. Uh, while with Josh, he just says the same things over and over again. Like, I don't really know what position he is, and he's still really trying to learn the NBA game, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, he's just, it's the same stuff that he's just saying. Um, but with Ferguson, he is enamored with this kid. Like, he can, he's a fast learner. He is. Where he's supposed to be on defense, he's really, really active. And then in transition, like yesterday, he had that transition layup. I think those were his only points. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he was off balance, got fouled, and was able to finish. Like he's he showed he's shown a lot through the preseason that makes me just think, man, I was so wrong about Terrence Ferguson, um, and that maybe his play in Australia was just such a small sample. Um, Mm -hmm. of what he can do and just like a kid kind of a fish out of water kind of deal being in a new country and having to learn how to be a role player and 
maybe that wasn't the best like information to use for the draft, and I really don't know what the information we should have used was. I just think he's, this kid has gotten better. Like he's gotten better over the summer. He's gotten better training with the Thunder, um, and I, I think that he's going to be a player. I think he's going to be a guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I. I... I had like the same issues uh, with Terence as you had, uh, as we discussed in June. I think that um, Ferguson will struggle with physicality. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, it's not by chance that last night, which was very physical, uh, he it was basically the the worst game he played, I guess, because he yeah. didn't hit threes. He wasn't as effective. I think that he will struggle a lot with physicality, and this is part of the reason why I think in Australia he didn't had. Um, as much success as we as we hope for. Also, um, I remember discussing the the coaching part of his uh, experience in Australia. We don't know about the coach. Yeah. We don't know about about the coaching staff. We don't know what they ask him to do. Uh, if they ask him to do exactly uh, what he did, so spotting up and try to be a good defender, then he probably was into those things. Probably with with um, a super coaching staff like the one that OKC has is uh, learning the right stuff and I think he has a potential that that we were already uh, we, we agree on that yeah. the the part that uh, worries worried me was his inability to understand um, spacing on defense and this seems to be something that he's worked on because I, I didn't see him doing mistakes like huge mistakes on defense and this is very encouraging the shots will fall uh, because he he's a shooter, he was a shooter before, so um, I don't worry about that. Uh, the thing that worries me is physicality. He, was he will he will be uh, able to handle like bigger players, physical plays? That I don't know yet, but for sure, um, like he he has potential and probably more than what we saw in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by the way that the Thunder are using Mello and really the play of Mello in general. Like he looks rejuvenated. He mm-hmm. has been really, really good in this preseason. Yesterday, uh, he was four of eight from three. They're looking at him in transition on those transition threes. Uh, and he's been really effective in that way. Uh, seven boards, two assists, two steals yesterday. Uh, he was. He's been great, and I've been. I think this is kind of the best case scenario for Mello, at least so far for OKC, is that he's super engaged. Um, he's trying to be engaged on both ends. I don't, I don't, he has a definite ceiling on defense of what he can yes. do. And we haven't really seen a, a ton of that, or he hasn't really been given that much of an opportunity so far, just because I, they, you know, they played the Pelicans and they basically put him on the wing and put Paul George on Anthony Davis. And so you don't, you don't really think, get to see what he is as a defender, but offensively, he looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that his uh, shooting selection has been great. Yeah, uh, because he attempted a lot of trees, uh, which is what he what OKC wants. Because I think that if Melo with the starting unit takes like the more trees than the last season, so six to seven trees when he plays with the starter, this this will be optimal. Mm-hmm. One issue that that may arise during the season is that Melo uh, so far hasn't been able to play with pace. So he 
he stands uh, with the ball in his hand too much. And this is okay in, the, in, in preseason because you, you learn how to move. And also other players maybe um, are not doing the, um, the execution they are supposed to. But this is a thing that I would like to monitor during the season. If Melo can play with more pace when he is a ball handler, because when he when he has to shoot, he's like quick trigger uh, as anyone can be in, in the NBA. So I think that this is something that uh, we should uh, monitor. Um, but yeah, I mean, in spot up situation, he is great. Like he's the best version of himself. We know that, and and he's searching for those uh, for those chances. So I think he he has been as good as I I was hoping for. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's so fun. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just excited about Mello and what this team can do whenever they're running on all, all cylinders. I think we've seen flashes of it um, kind of early <clears> in the game yesterday. Uh, and then uh, a few times against the Pelicans, you could just see like what this team is capable of. And a part of that is also the way that Paul George can move off the ball. Yes. Uh, he has been, it's just been really fun to watch him too, because uh, you never think of the Thunder as like an off ball movement team at all. Uh, and mm-hmm. Paul George really adds that element to them. And you've seen more of like Steven Adams, you know, being a passer at the elbow. Uh, oh, these are, that I like. Yes, <laughs> like, me too. Like. Yeah, finding Paul George. And he's easy to find uh, for uh, Steven Adams when he's running off those screens. And he's money off off screens right running off screens and running around uh paul george has been really really good and i think it brings a lot of variety to the offense and i also think we've seen a variety uh of things from billy donovan and the thunder with this offense at least so far and at times it looks really clunky and it looks like you know that they're trying really hard uh to you know fit in and play together and stuff like that which i think is good uh there was even one play with the Pelicans where uh, Russ and Carmelo passed the ball back and forth, like Russ to Melo, Melo back to Russ, Russ back to Melo, Melo back to Russ, because they were just like <laughs> trying so hard to get the ball to each other. Yeah. Uh, it was hilarious, but they're trying really hard. And I really, I think that they're going to do some really cool stuff this season. I think Billy is really excited about that, um, but it's a work in progress without a doubt. Yeah, and also it makes sense to focus first on defensive rules. Uh, I think that on that side of the ball, except for like the lack of communication, uh, I think that the idea is to switch a lot and to have Paul George guarding bigger guys if they are Mm -hmm. physical, if they like the post, because Melo uh, is better uh, if he can stay in front of his man. And so I think that the coaching staff decided to do heavy switching because of that. Uh, and if they succeed on stay uh, focusing on that and execute switches um, with a great care, I think that this could be a top-level defense. Um, because, yes, uh, if your top guy doesn't guard the other top guy, you you lose some. Uh, but, but if you are able to switch one through five, then then you, you gain so much more that it makes absolutely worth it. Um, about Paul George, I I think his defensive uh, potential is, is really incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he already did tons of stuff, especially against Houston. I thought his defensive performance was completely awesome. Uh, on offense, he when he's in rhythm, is basically unstoppable. Um, what I would like to see more is to 
for him to to use more uh, his ball handling skills uh, because he can run a pick and roll. Uh, he can uh, do more with the, with the ball in his hand. He, with Russ on the court, I don't think he has as many chances as OKC could give him. Uh, so I wonder if the best pairing is to have Russ and Anthony doing their stuff and letting George doing the solo with the second unit because he really can create for others if there's space to do that. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And, and what they've been doing so far is that they pull Russ early and then give Paul George and Carmelo time with other players on the court, and they bring Russ back with the second unit guys, mm-hmm. um, which also makes sense. Um, yeah, Royce for the same talking, reason. Royce was talking about that the other day, is that mm-hmm. if anybody on this team can create something with guys that really can't do a whole lot. We know that it's Russ because he did it all last season. Um, but the good thing for the Thunder is that they have options. Like you said, with Paul George, um, even Mello can be an offensive hub. The Thunder have a lot of options this season. And I think that that's something they haven't had in the past. Even with, I mean, even with Durant and Westbrook, they only had two options and now they have three mm-hmm. uh, just because they, I mean, I mean, I guess Reggie could do it to an extent, but not not at the level of these guys. Um, so it's, that's really exciting, uh, and I'm excited about Stephen Adams. He looked great yesterday. His ability to to rebound, his offensive ability around the bucket, uh, he was really really good. Um, and I'm excited for like the the opportunity that he's going to have this season to kind of pick up where he left off after the 2000. 2016 playoffs. Um, I, I just think that he looks fantastic. What are your thoughts on Adams? Oh, I mean, he looked great yesterday. And I think that as uh, probably Fred and also Roy said, I mean, last season of Stephen Allen was a huge sacrifice. He basically yeah. was doing everything he could to make the the team work. And he forgot about like doing stuff for himself. Mm-hmm. This season, he could do both. And, and probably the two things coincide because the team will need him to, to screen hard, run hard and um, being a lob target, being a nasty player uh, on the offensive glass. And so I think that Steven will thrive in that. Um, I think his defense has improved um, because he already in this preseason, uh, he was able to comfortably um, guard smaller guys on the pick and roll. So I'm really excited about that because Steven uh, is basically what separates OKC from being a very good team to to be like a contender for real. And if Steven has um, the season I expect, so a DeAndre Jordan-like season, I think that the ceiling of this team is incredibly higher than what we anticipate. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And then using him as a passer, uh, I think is really, it's a good sign because I do think that Steven Adams needs a ball in his hands a little bit more than he has in the past. Mm-hmm. And he's good. Like he's good yeah. at finding guys <laughs> and just like, let, let him do that. Um, I'm also really excited for this team because we haven't seen them with Alex Sabrinas or Patrick Patterson yet. And I think that people are going to forget a little bit how important both of those guys are to this team in the rotation. And it's been nice to see guys like Ferguson and Hustis, you know, stepping up and that's great. Uh, but for the most part, those guys aren't going to play and you're going to see an elite shooter in Alex Sabrinas 
and really an elite role player in Patrick Patterson come in who kind of does all the little things and can stretch the floor. Uh, I just I think that those guys are going to help tremendously. Oh yeah, I mean the, the spacing on the second unit wasn't there, right? Uh, because well, like people are not respecting Terrence uh, now, and for sure they will not respect uh, Jeremy Grant uh, for most of the season unless he is shooting like crazy percentage. Mm-hmm. While they they need to respect both of the guys that we haven't seen play so far. So I think that this will unlock a lot of stuff, especially uh, with the first subbing. So if Abrines and Patterson really are the first ones to uh, to come in. Uh, then we will see a lot of stuff uh, going on uh, already with uh, with um, like a part of the starters because if Paul George and Carmelo Anthony have way more space than the one that uh, that we saw in the in the first few games, they will be much more effective, yeah. and this will change a lot the the back end of the first quarter, I think, because they will both play and there will be a ton of space mm-hmm. for Steven, for Melo, for for Paul George, and for those guys to to hit open threes. Yeah, and for Ray Felton, and Ray Felton, oh, yeah. Ray Felton looked good yesterday until he had his wrist injury. I guess he's going to be okay. Um, they might tape him up, or he may sit out the rest of the preseason, um, which is fine. Uh, but he he's a tenacious defender. I think when he, I mean, Casper Ware is talking all kinds of trash out there on the floor, and I think that really got under Felton's skin. And, yeah, and Felton stripped him a couple times and went right to the rim, right past him. I mean. Some people had some concerns that, you know, maybe maybe Felton's done. Maybe he can't play. He wasn't that good at the last half of the season for the Clippers. Uh, but the, the role the Thunder are going to give him is pretty minimal. Uh, but if he can come in and play 10 minutes a night, you know, 15 minutes a night, and just be a tenacious defender and get to the rim and find guys and even... Maybe he even plays next to Russ a little bit and hits a corner three here and there. I mean, I think he's going to be great. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have a player, you have an NBA player running a second unit with other ball ender on the floor, which is the perfect spot for a player like uh, Ray Felton, which is uh, a good driver, um, good at driving to the basket, uh, good at spotting up from the corners. Um, He's, again, he's feisty on defense, as you said. And so this will help. He makes right choices on the offensive side of the floor. This is something that we didn't have uh, for the past two seasons, basically. Um, and I think that the, his ability to play with good pace, he's not a guy that stops the ball too much, or at least this is what he did in these first few games. Um, I think that this is incredibly important. A, I don't think that the role of Felton is marginal in this team. I think that he can have a really interesting role because Russ will play 35. 30 to 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Billy D will, will like to, to keep his stars uh, with uh, not heavy minutes because, well, Russ and Melo are not as young. Maybe Paul George will play um, a bit more. So, I think that if Raymond Felton is able to, to give 15 to 20 minutes of good basketball, this is incredibly important because uh, he's, a, he's a guy who made playoffs, who knows what it takes to, to be in the playoffs. And so, experienced guy veteran guys that can have like 15 to 20 minutes uh, on a great team are extremely important yeah uh Mikhail, is there anything else that you're taking away from this preseason anybody else that you want to talk about uh before we go yeah i think that we need to to at least discuss a bit robertson okay uh, yeah. because i i 
I don't like the way he has been used in most of the preseason games. Yeah. He's too far away from the ball to be effective. I like him as a cutter, well, but that is something that we already knew uh, he could do. I think that he could do more in terms of um, initial creation in the playset because uh, if if you notice, like most of the time, the the, um, the place the play call is to give the ball to the nominal four at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. Either Melo, either Paul George, uh, and also Jeremy Grant and Jeremy. And, 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 and Robertson. Uh, Robertson did it like a few times. I think that you have to initiate the offense uh, more with Robertson because if you park him in the corner, he's useless. Yeah. You can either start the offense with him or run an immediate curl for Paul George or anyone who can use screen like uh, Abrines or uh, Ferguson even to, to, to get him going. Because if you park him at the beginning of the action, he will he will die in the same spot. <laughs> he will not move and you are you're playing again four on five and the space is not there. If you see if you saw last night, there wasn't a ton of space right uh, on the court and you expect like to have way more the last season but but the the deal is always the same if you have a guy that you can give like mm, 10 feet then your offense will be clogged anyway even if you have like two or three great players so you have to find a way to use him uh, or you need to play him with the second unit uh, and to do to play scrappy basketball like a lot of defense uh, and putting someone else uh, on the court with uh, on the court with the starters because I think that the Robertson issue uh, is still lingering in, the, in these uh, few first few preseason games. Yeah, and part of the problem is that he hasn't. We haven't played a team where he's like incredibly useful yet. Like he's not incredibly useful against Melbourne United. He's not incredibly useful against the Pelicans. Uh, he is against a team like the Rockets because he's going to guard James Harden uh, or Chris Paul. Uh, but his his effectiveness is completely mitigated when there's not a star player that he's supposed to guard. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're right. He is actively hurting the offense when he just sits there in the corner uh, and his shot looks the same. Some people are like, man, and I know he did. He worked on his shot all, all summer. He did it. He did. Uh, and he probably had some great days out there. Uh, but it all comes back to mentally for him. Is he going to be able to hit shots? And does he believe he can hit these shots? And I, I just don't know that he's ever going to really going to get there. Um, but he's got to be, like you said, active on the offensive end. He's got to be cutting. He's basically has to be a big on yeah. on offense. And it's tough with Steven Adams out there as well. Uh, but when Mello is your power forward, who likes to be out on the perimeter, then you have the space to do that. And you're right. He should initiate the offense more. Uh, I'd rather see him up there than Jeremy Grant, frankly, um, mm-hmm. initiating the offense because I think Robertson is actually has a pretty decent floor game a couple dribbles and a pass here and there with him is, is something that he's capable of doing uh, I think Jeremy's less capable than he is um, oh yeah, yeah the, he has less feel for the game for sure oh, the, yeah. like Robertson feel is m- much higher yes uh, but you're right I don't know we'll we'll see what they do with him I, I'll, I'll be pretty disappointed if we you know, get to February and we're still seeing Robertson parked in the corner for, you know, large majorities of the game just because I think that's a misuse of him. I think that it harms the Thunder offense. Uh, 
and I just don't know that it's good for his confidence to sit there wide open with everybody 10 feet off of him and him still bricking these three-pointers and you know he'll have hot games where he hits like two of four or you know three of four or whatever but you know those games are they don't really honestly they don't matter like until he's doing that on a regular basis it doesn't matter if he's only if it is game seven against the warriors then yes then Uh, it matters exactly (laughs) but but it may not uh, actually because game six i think it was hot as well but so uh, yeah you're completely right i mean it's not him it's not just him yeah. uh, like the team need to use him differently yeah. and there's room uh, to do that uh, we we already discussed the the, the screening abilities of, of uh, Robertson which is used as a screener for pin downs I think that you can do more with him you can run horns you can ride elevators mm-hmm. uh, for other players with two screeners so that he you have to have him in some kind of action early and um, yeah so Let's hope that I don't think this is the plan to park him in the corner. To be to be honest, yeah. I think that, again this is, this is a work in progress, and we will get there. Yeah, but so far, uh, no, not not as much. Running horns with Robertson really is not an awful idea. That's a good. That's I think that would be fine. I think that could really work in some spots. Um, we explain to our listeners what that is. Some people don't know what that is. Yeah, it's basically two screens at uh, the top of the key, uh, or the the ball handler can decide which direction it can go, and depending um, the direction, then basically you 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 the the, the screener, the the inactive screener goes and and do another screen maybe for uh, for a wing that goes for a three. So you have an active screen that that plays the pick and roll with the ball handler, and on the other side you have uh, the other one that either do another screen on on, on basically move and changes direction, but it gives the, the the ball handler the opportunity to go both sides even if Russ loves to go right uh with his first three ball but but actually in some some preseason in some of the preseason sets he actually did two um left hand penetration which end up really well so i think that this could be uh, um something very useful and like for the guy who, who who wants to the guys who wants to know more about this stuff there are tons of youtube clip youtube clips where you can see actually robertson screening uh, and and they are crazy interested that crazy interesting that's why i keep uh, uh doing my crusade about screens which because are very important these are very important so yeah <laughs> i just wish they could stick to what robertson is good at which is yeah. screening, roll into the basket, and really even being a passer on offense. Yeah, uh, and cutting. Yeah, and cutting. Let him do. Let him do those things. If he has to shoot a three, let him shoot one a game. Let him get his air ball in a game, and then let him go right back into the paint, basically. Because I just don't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see where it's going to be effective. And now that you have Paul George and Mello, let's let those guys create the space by running off a Robertson screen um, mm. and things like that. Just because I, I don't know, he, he still sucks the life out of one side of the floor and he's going yes. to continue to do that probably for the rest of his career uh, until he is used correctly. But uh, anything else, McKelly, that you want to cover from the preseason? No, I think we, we touch on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, we can follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra can follow your project at chart underscore side uh, you can follow us on twitter at down to dunk uh, we appreciate you guys listening we'll be back wednesday and friday this week so if you're a new listener uh 
thank you for joining us this season. It's going to be really fun. Obviously, this is a really fun team. I've got great guests. Our Friday shows are always fun. So thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.